Welcome to Rhyme City. A celebration of the harmony between humans and Pokemon. Tim, your dad was a legend in this precinct. If you were anything like your dad... I'm not. I remember. You wanted to be a Pokemon trainer when you were young. Yeah, that didn't really work out. Someone there? Whoever you are, I know how to use this. Oh, jeez. Here we go. I know you can't understand me, but put down the stapler or I will electrocute you. Did you just talk? Whoa. Did you just understand me? Oh my God, you can understand me. Stop. I've been so lonely. They try to talk to me all the time. All they hear is Pika Pika. Uh, you can hear him, right? Pika Pika. Yeah. Pika Pika Pika, he's adorable. You're adorable. They can't understand me, kid. Can no one else hear him? I don't need a Pokemon, period. And what about a world-class detective? Because if you want to find your pops, I'm your best bet. We're going to do this, you and me. Together, and that magic is called hope. Listen up. We got ways to make you talk. Or mine. Yeah. So tell us what we want to know. Pipe. Yes, okay, I can. Shoving, pushing. My problem is that I push people away and then hate them for leaving. He's saying you can shove it. What? I can shove it? Okay, that's it. No, we're switching roles. I'm bad cop. You're good cop. No, 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 no we're not cops. In my head, I saw that differently. This is our very last sermon because this movie was a doozy. I don't know who voted for it, but I want to know. Raise your <laughs> hand if you voted for it. Uh, it was just really, really, really tough. But um, if you haven't seen it, uh, the movie is about um, this guy named Tim. And this is a picture of Tim. And it's just about his journey, about find, uh, for finding his father and solving the uh, mystery kind of surrounding Rhyme City. And Rhyme City is just this... A uh, city where the people live with the Pokemon, so those monsters like Pikachu and Jigglypuff, like these little monsters that have powers, they live in harmony. So they, are, they have partnership, they help, put, you know, they work together to do things. And uh, so Tim, at first, doesn't have a partner, but then later you see that he partners with his partner, Detective Pikachu, and together they solve the mystery and save the city. So when we first meet Tim, we learn that he is estranged from his father, the detective Harry Goodman that you see in the trailer. Um, and his mother has passed away when he was young, so he's pretty much on his own. He's working a boring yet comfortable insurance job. Sorry if I offended anyone in insurance. Um, <laughs> and he, his friends are moving away. Um, and while most of the other people in the movie have Pokemon partners, he seems like he's actively avoiding partnering up with someone. So in the next clip we're about to see, uh, right before this, his friend tries to trick him into catching his own Pokemon because he's worried that he, uh, since everyone's moving, he doesn't want Tim to be lonely. So here's the first clip. 
So, um, I don't know if this is gonna sound corny or whatever. Just um, say it, Jack. I'm too tired to be angry. I'm worried about you. This again? Hey, listen, <laughs> everyone we know has left town, and now I'm leaving too. Yeah, but that's okay. You, you gotta do what's best for you with the time that you got. That's what I'm doing. You know, I'm crushing it at work. Gonna get a promotion real soon. What's the promotion for an insurance appraiser? Senior insurance appraiser? No, actually, that's two steps up above where I'm at. You're gonna make right me now. throw up. That's not a real. Yeah, so as you might be able to tell from this clip, um, or if you watch the movie, the five people that watch the movie, um, he <laughs> likes to play it safe. He's very risk averse. Uh, he likes to keep to himself. Um, and a lot of this, we think stems from fear, right? So since he lost his parents basically at a young age, probably has fear of losing people close to him, fear of being hurt again. Um, he wanted to be a Pokemon trainer, if you heard in the trailer, but he gave that dream up. So, you know, fear of maybe not being good enough. And basically at this point, he's let his fears dictate his life, which I could personally relate to that because, you know, when you kind of let fears run your life and you kind of make decisions based on that, it's more comfortable, you know? It's more comfortable to play it safe um, and not take as many risks. And no one really likes to be uncomfortable, right? We all want to be feel safe and protected and in our little comfort zone, but God doesn't really call us to be comfortable with our lives, right? And I think that's because our comfort comes at a cost. So for Tim, it was, um, you know, the Fear of losing loved ones again has cost him like his passion of connecting with Pokemon and being a Pokemon trainer. Or his fear of not being good enough has cost him his dream job. And for me personally right now, um, the job specifically is something that I can relate to because I'm in the process of leaving uh, my comfortable, uh, well-paying corporate job with good benefits and great perks and as I'm hearing this, I'm starting to doubt my decision again if I should leave. No, but I could tell that uh, I was choosing that job and it was co uh, out of comfort and it was costing me my passion, right? Because I was choosing to be uh, in my comfort zone. Because um, it's scary to leave a job, right? I don't know what I'm going to do next. I don't have anything lined up. And I, I don't like when people, I mean, you can ask me, but when I left, I didn't want people to ask me, like, oh, where are you going? What's going to happen next? And I didn't like having not having an answer because I wanted to have it all planned out. I wanted to ha know my next step, but I decided to leave not having that. And if I'm being honest, this is something that I realized a long time ago that I didn't want to be at this job. Um, and my friends and Daniel and family, they're probably tired of hearing me say I'm going to leave my job. And probably won't believe me that I'm actually leaving until I actually get my last paycheck. But uh, it's it's scary. And so it's kept me at my work for years and years longer than I probably should have because, like I said, it comes at a cost. Um, and so I realized that, yeah, I, like Tim, was letting a lot of fear dictate my life. And uh, for me, uh, as Jordan has been transitioning out of this job, this was kind of something that she's been talking about for a while, as she said because um, she's worked at this job for four years, and from day one, she didn't like it. And it wasn't really her passion, um, and she kind of just really took one for the team and stuck at this job for a while, and was the breadwinner, was the pr financial provider, and I didn't feel emasculated at all. 
because I work at a school and I have summer break and I'm just sitting on the couch eating bonbons watching Netflix while she goes to work, you know, at nine to five. And so I had a lot of fear too because I was like, oh no, I'm going to have to give that up. And oh no, <laughs> and oh no, uh, you know, we're going to have to. I'm going to pay for this cushy lifestyle. Yeah, like, oh shoot, we're going to have to start, you know. No more pretty things for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and then the, and they're like, oh no, we have to like really start to, you know, pinch pennies and really think about budgeting because we're. You know, dual income is great and it's wonderful, but you know, and I'll, I'm, a, I'm a teacher. I'm on a teacher's salary, and so then going from that to just one salary was very, very scary. And I think the worst thing about it was that I couldn't share that with her. You know, like I won't. She loves gifts, as we talked about in the last sermon, right? And uh, <laughs> so I won't be able to afford those expensive rain jackets from Disneyland, and I don't think Cots is going to pay for another one. You know, like, um, I was really worried because okay, so. I can't tell her this, that I have this fear, because telling her that I have this fear is going to make her feel pressured. It's going to make her feel even more stressed than she already is not having a job or not having something lined up. And that's the last thing I would want to do is make her feel like, oh, I have to get a job or, oh, Daniel's really stressed out and we're worried about making ends meet. So I'm just going to pick up the first payroll job I find, even if I hate it, you know, and for myself as well, I felt deep shame because Jordan has accomplished a lot in the career world, and it's, and it's been able to provide for us. And for me, a teacher doesn't really move up the ladder in terms of pay scale. I think, Steve, you can attest to that, right? <laughs> yeah. So, and I felt bad because I wasn't able to give her that freedom, to give her that, like, oh, yeah, don't worry. I'm a, I'm a software engineer at Google. We have tons of time. You could, you could be like an unpaid intern for years. Like, we'll be fine. You don't have to worry about money. So I felt really bad. I was unable to give her that. And I just had this fear of like, oh, are we going to have enough money? And am I going to be enough to support our family? And um, these are just fears that we both were carrying. um, And we're still carrying right now. Like it's still not resolved. And and it's something that we're still working on today. Mm -hmm. And uh, this topic is something that we actually talked about a few weeks ago at a worship night that we had with some people. Um, during family camp. Um, So we basically talked about like seven types of fear that's from this book called Do It Scared. So we'll go through them really quickly, but um, you may not relate to like one exactly. There's definitely could be overlap or maybe depending on the situation, you relate to different ones. But we'll take a look, just go through them quickly just to give you an idea. Um, So the first one is the procrastinator. So they have fear of failure. Um, So they're perfectionist or maybe I should say I'm a perfectionist. Uh, so a lot of times they, I don't have, uh, we have a lot of trouble getting things started because we don't want to like mess it up. So we're so scared. Like I never write on my first page in my journal because I don't want to mess it up. So that's how much fear of failure (laughs) that you could have. Um, the rule followers, so this, they have fear of making the wrong decision. They're really obsessed with like right or wrong and making sure that they know the right answer and they're doing it the right way. So if you met my dad, could be like my dad. Um, uh, He's not here to defend himself. Um, The number three, people pleaser. This one, I couldn't really think of anyone that is like a people pleaser. Um, But they have a fear of disappointing others. And basically, you know, they want everyone around them to be happy. Uh, Number four, the outcast have fear of rejection. So a lot of times outcasts have... Uh, really strong, uh, fearless like appearances, but internally, deep inside, they really fear rejection. Uh, number five, the self-doubter. 
this is kind of like, I think kind of like Tim, he has a fear of not being good enough, which is why he didn't pursue his dream of becoming a Pokemon trainer. So pretty self-explanatory, they doubt their capabilities. Number six, the excuse maker, fear of accepting responsibilities. So they're very passive, don't wanna uh, make any big decisions and kind of let life happen to them, right? So they'd rather pass the blame off to other people or the situation. Um, and the last one is the pessimist. Uh, this is fear of adversity and hardship. So Tim could also fall into this one because they have usually have something like a traumatic experience happen to them. And so now they just try uh, to avoid hardship again at all costs. So this is again from the book called Do It Scared. Hopefully some of these or one of these sound familiar, but I think it's pretty safe to say that all of us in here at one point in time have related to at least one of these types of fear. Yeah, and whether it be kind of a smaller fear that we kind of go through day to day, like, oh, I don't want to mess up at work, or maybe it's like deep-seated fear where you don't want to disappoint uh, you know, your loved one, or you have this shame or something that you don't want someone to find out. I think it's important for us to remember that it's completely normal to have fear. And so like the deep-seated fear, that could be like your past that you're ashamed of, that you don't want anyone finding out, or maybe there's like, um, you know, you're afraid of people not liking you, or you're um, afraid of disappointing your family, or you know, you have a expectation that you want to live up to. Um, these are all like fears that we might carry. And the thing about um, these deep-seated fears is that we kind of carry them for a long time. And it could be something that you've been dealing with for years. And the thing about it is these are the fears that kind of eat away at us and they weigh us down. And it's, and when I remember, and I know when I sit back and feel this kind of type of fear, it's so uncomfortable and unsettling that we just want to get rid of it. We just want to minimize it and just get rid of that feeling immediately because it's just so uncomfortable. And I think uh, some of us, and I'm sure you guys here can relate to like in my household, when you had a fear, it was like there was no hand-holding, there was no coddling. It was like, yo, you got to figure it out for yourself. Like when I went to college, you know, you move away, you go to college, it's like you're an adult. You don't know how to la do laundry? Figure it out. You ran out of money? Figure it out. You know, there was no, uh, you know, running to mom and dad and figuring things out. It's kind of like how we're wired. It's kind of like what we're taught. When we grow up to be adults, we just have to figure it out, suck it up, and just do whatever we can to reduce this 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 fear that we have. So like for instance, if we're scared of people breaking into our house, we buy an alarm system. Or if we're scared that we're not gonna have enough money to provide for our family, we'll just suck it up, go find a high paying job, even if it's the worst job ever, you hate your boss, you hate all your employees, but you're like, hey, I'm just terrified of not having enough money and saved up, so I'm just gonna do it. Or if you have like this fear of like, dude, I just want to go to this place and everyone to like me, so I'm gonna like, buy nice clothes and I'm just going to get into whatever I need to, whatever they're into, I'm just going to pretend I'm into so then I don't stick out like a sore thumb because maybe you have a fear of just not fitting in. And these are all fears that we all just carry and maybe we have been carrying for a long time. And even looking through the Bible, um, there's tons of characters that struggled with real fears. And when we had our worship night, we kind of went through and kind of matched Bible characters, Bible people in the Bible to each of the types of fears. And because there's so many in the <laughs> that we can see have struggled with the same things that we have. We'd even venture to say that Jesus had fear because it's a very human emotion, like Daniel said. Like if we look at the night before he was crucified when he went to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray, 
um, it said he had to go pray because his soul was overwhelmed with sorrow, right? And so if we look at um, Matthew 26, 39, it says, going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. So you could just imagine, you know, Jesus knows what's about to happen. He knows that he's going to die the next day and it's going to be gruesome. But he's trying to keep a brave face for the disciples because, you know, they don't know exactly what's going on. And so he's trying to keep it together. So he leaves them. He goes a little farther. And his heart's probably pounding because he's trying to be strong this whole time. And then he just falls to the ground. And he's like, God, like, Father, please, if there's anything, like, I'm so scared. Like, is there anything else we could do? But then he says, but not as I will, but as you will. And so um, Jesus, like, he, when he's scared, he runs to his father for safety, and he runs to his place of refuge, right? And um, he doesn't just rely on himself like we're taught as adults, but he says, God, not as I will, but as you will, right? He turns to his father. And that's kind of the exact opposite of what Daniel was saying that I think the world teaches us, right, is not to just fix it on your own or do it by yourself, but he goes straight to his father because he knows that perfect love casts out fear. And so, sorry, if we look at the next verse, First uh, John 14, it says, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. Yeah, and so we know that God's love, God's perfect love is the one that can drive out fear. And I think that's what God's desire is for for us is just to us to run to him so he can love on us and take care of us and comfort us like only the heavenly father can and I think we kind of forget that as adults is that we can just run to him like Jesus did and he just is like that father that is just so excited to see you know his son or daughter home from like college he's just like oh my gosh I'm so excited you're here and he just wants to give you a hug and do your laundry and make your food and you know do whatever you want he's just so excited he just wants to love on you and um, if only we would just open up and, and let him do that for us. And so we're going to look at the next, the next clip where we're with Tim and his friend Pikachu. And Tim kind of opens up about the fears that he has. And he shares it with, uh, with Pikachu. I should have gotten on that train. What's that, kid? After my mom died... My dad and I drifted apart. Uh, he moved here and poured himself into his work. And eventually, he tried to get me to come live with him, but I wouldn't go. How come? I didn't think he cared. I guess I just got used to him not being around, and I couldn't forgive him for it until I got here, and I realized that he did care, but I didn't know because I never gave him the chance, and now it's too late. I really wish I got on the train. 
Listen, kid. Um, look, I, I may not have memories, um, but I know this much. It wasn't your fault. It wasn't anybody's fault. And I'm sure that if your dad was here, he would hug you so hard, your bones would pop. Let me tell you, he's sorry for everything. He'd be damn proud of you, kid. So we see in that scene that um, Pikachu is comforting Tim, and he's telling him, like, hey, man, if your dad was here, he'd be so proud of you, and he would, um, he would tell you that it's not your fault and that he loves you. And I think that's what God wants to tell us is that, hey, we can run to him, and he's just going to hug us until our bones pop. And I think that's something that we do as kids. We kind of run to our parents when we're, so, we're afraid of something. But as grown adults, we kind of get out of that thinking where we can't do that. But I think God wants us to return to that state of being like a child and having that childlike faith and being like, you know, I don't know what to do, God, so I'm just going to run to you. And I'm just going to run to your arms. And I just hope that you hold us close. And I think that he wants us to remember that we are his sons and daughters that we may think we have it all together, that we're grown adults, we're, we have it all figured out, but at the, He is our Father. He's our Heavenly Father, and that we can always, always run to Him for comfort. And we can have that feeling when we're in His arms that we feel like children who are free and secure in their parents' care. And like kids know that their parents will catch them when they fall, I think God wants us to know the same thing, that, hey, His arms are there to catch us whenever we need it. Yeah, and just when we were thinking about this, the image that came to mind was a child standing on the edge of the pool and just leaping into his father's arms, right? And he's so free and careless because he's not worried about like, oh, I don't really know how to swim or like, oh, did my food digest from 30 minutes? Did I wait the exact 30 minutes? Or is the water going to be really freezing cold? Like he doesn't care because all he sees is his father's arms there waiting to catch him. And he's completely sure that he's going to be fine because he knows that his dad is there, right? And so, like, do you remember as a child ever feeling like that carefree and like fearless because you knew that your parents were there to protect you and to love you unconditionally? That's like what God, I think, wants for us, right? He knows that we have fears, but he wants us to be sure that he's going to be there to catch us. He's not going to give us like step-by-step instructions of to make sure we're there to keep ourselves safe and protect ourselves and fend for ourselves so he could go off inside the house and be by himself. No, he's in the pool with us, right? He wants to be there to catch us uh, whenever, when we're like this kid, when we're fearful or when we are not sure, he wants us to know that he's there by our side. And it's when we know that God has our back like that, that we can be fearless and free again like children, right? And it's the knowledge that God is for us and he is with us that gives us the strength and courage and the peace that we need. You know, just because Jesus was fearful and he asked, um, he came to God, like God didn't necessarily take away the pain or his fear of like, or he didn't take away the bad situation, I should say. You know, Jesus still had to go through a really painful situation that he was scared of, but God was with him every step of the way. And I think that's exactly what he just wants for us. It may not be solving it and it may not be quelling the fears like we're taught to or minimizing it but just to know that he's going to be in the pool with us and that knowledge fortifies us and gives us the strength and bravery that we need to 
get through it. So this next clip is not from Detective Pikachu exactly, but uh, for us it was just really like the best example that we could think of of bravery and courage. I got you ladies. Thank you. So brave and so strong. Brave. <laughs> to see how, uh, how comforted uh, Chrissy and her mother felt in, her, in <laughs> yeah, his arms. They felt very protected. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but when you think of fear, like when we would go to the horror nights, we'd all stand like really close to each other and like make sure you're touching someone mm -hmm. so that you know someone's there. And, I don't like, like that. <laughs> um, but just the knowledge that someone else is there with you is a lot better than going through it by yourself. And so even though he kind of forced Chrissy's mom in front of him while saying, I'm protecting you, I'm protecting you. <laughs> I think it still helped knowing that he's there. And God, even more so, don't worry, God protects you even more than Andy <laughs> protects Chrissy and her mom. Um, but just looking at the last clip of Pikachu, um, once Tim kind of shares his fears or uh, the things that he's going through, once Pikachu comforts him, it really fortifies Tim. And if you watch the rest of the movie, he um, is no longer timid or no longer playing it safe, but he really is bold and goes straight to the fight and wants to save the world, save the city, and he's really excited and he's, um, he doesn't have those fears anymore because he knows that Pikachu has his back. Um, and so going back to our worship night for the last time in my job, um, we kind of had a time like that where we were able to bring our fears to God and just reflect on the different types of fear that we may be feeling. And that was like in the very beginning of my decision to transition out of my job. And um, like I said, I was really scared, but I feel like in that time, God was really reminding me of the community that has been there for me and supported me and listened to me, say I'm gonna quit my job a billion times. Um, and just reminding me that going forward that Daniel and I will not have to take this next scary step alone. Um, and that we'll have all of you um, to support us and fortify us. Um, and that, yeah, that your guys' support and God's support is going to be much more helpful than me just trying to fix it on my own or just jump into the ne next comfortable job. Um, and I'm really grateful for that. You know, people have already been checking in and giving me a lot of ideas and opportunities to check out. And it's just been... Uh, a really a really big blessing for us um, and is it's not as scary knowing that uh, everyone here is kind of looking out for us and has our back and I think it's just a real testament of God's perfect love and the love that he's shown through our church family um, that has cast out our fears and so to close we wanted to kind of do something different um, I know that we've been kind of doing activities after the sermon. We've kind of been like maybe praying or um, doing other things, meditating. But for today, we just wanted to let it be just about you and God and just to, to be silent. And for us to just kind of run to God and let this moment just to be uncluttered, undistracted, and just to be about you and God. And there doesn't need to be um, a lot of interaction or activity between you and God. It doesn't have to be you just proclaiming all the things that you have on your heart it simply can just be you sitting in his presence and I kind of um, when we were thinking about this activity we kind of reminded me of when I watched my first scary movie 
I couldn't sleep a wink. I was like nine, ten years old, and I was up in my bunk, top bunk bed, and I was, I was like, I was terrified. I couldn't sleep. I wouldn't even close my eyes. And I remember my dad walked in, and he climbed up the ladder, and he just laid right next to me. And he didn't say anything. He didn't say, Daniel, don't worry, it's all fake. He didn't say, Daniel, uh, you know, you're being ridiculous, go to sleep. He said nothing. All he did, he just laid right next to me and just was silent. And that's kind of what we want just for today is just for us to sit in the presence of God and just bring our fears to his feet and allow him to just sit with you. And we can just be still and know that he is God. So I'm going to invite the uh, worship team to the front and we'll just play a little bit of music a little bit and um, we can just kind of close our eyes. We'll let the lights down and um, we'll just invite God into this space.